so excited to be here with one of my really good friends, and uh, he's like a papa, friend, brother, mentor. If you can be all of those things in one, I think of Ricky Bradshaw for sure. And Ricky, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine, Cassidy. So good to be with you, my friend. So good to see you, too. Well, Ricky is the pastor at... First Southwest Baptist. First Southwest Baptist. And mm -hmm. Ricky, how long have you been there for? Uh, 34 years. <laughs> you sure it's what you're called to do? <laughs> yeah, I think so. In fact, for me, that's that's beside a number of other things, but it's, it's the church where I want to hang my hat. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, yeah, Ricky, man. let's jump in today. We are in uh, today is like week three or week four of quarantine, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. uh, we've experienced all kinds of emotions <laughs> during mm -hmm. this time. And I just want yeah, to man. ask you so tell me a little bit about when you started hearing this is real. Things are starting to shut down. This is going to impact your relationships with your people at church, your family. What was going on in your heart? Were you ready for this? What was going on? Uh, let me put it to you this way. I love theme parks. If, if I can get Astroworld to come back to Houston, <laughs> I would do it. I miss riding roller coasters. I will stay in line a hundred degree temperature uh, with a Coke in my hand. By the time I get to the ride, the Coke has turned into water. I, I would be in line for hours just to get on that Texas cyclone. Right. <laughs> right. And my family think I'm nuts because when I get to that scary moment, when, when that thing goes around, I'm like, Ooh, this is it. This is it. Right. <laughs> And everybody is screaming, oh, no, 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 I want off, I want off. I'm going, no, let's go down this thing, man. This is going to be great. I'm going, whoopee. <laughs> now, I don't want to sound insensitive, but I just answered your question. <laughs> when I heard that this was happening, I knew that God was up to something. He's allowing this for a reason. He could have stopped it. You know that. What is being meant for evil, God wants to use it for good. And I know that. I know that all things work together for the good of them who are called according to God's purposes, right? And his purpose is to be conformed into the image of Christ. Whoopee! You see? <laughs> That's the roller coaster we're on, brother. Mm. <laughs> That's the journey that we're on. And it should be fun, right? Yes, yes. Now... If you're not used to uh, living in 13 houses in 14 years of your life as a kid because mom and dad couldn't get along and one day he would come home from work and mom had packed up and left mm. and we he come back and they make up and we come back and then she leave again. That's like 13 times in 14 years. Wow. So I'm used to moving around. Right. And I enjoy change. <laughs> I, I just, I don't know, it's my makeup, there's no doubt about that. Of course, my, my wife grew up in uh, a, a one-home one situation all her life. I mean, until, I, until she left home. Uh, that's where she was born. That's where she's lived. And so 
this moving in and out stuff it doesn't go well doesn't go well with her she she just doesn't like that but i guess my dna in christ says that change is good uh the air gets cleaner uh life gets more exciting i i, I don't want to sound insensitive but i i want to say i was looking forward to the change mm. i knew god was in it and i'm looking for that roller coaster ride that's going to take me around and bring me back to a place where I got on at. Um, and I, I can say to you that looking back four or five weeks ago, um, changes have been made. Changes are being made every day. If, if, if we can look at this from a kingdom's perspective, this is the best thing that could have ever happened to us and for us. Uh, uh, so I hope I, I don't sound insensitive and they're not naive to the crisis around us, people dying, uh, the possibility of me dying, or you, my kids. Went to HCA hospital today to lead prayer. And I got to tell you, I was touched that all those medical workers were in the parking lot say, will you please pray for us? The executive director came and uh, the administrators were out there, nurses, doctors, uh, elevator guy, uh, parking lot guys, uh, guys in charge of the food courts and all of that. They were out there, man, believers. And while we were there, a, a guy was told, he said, I got to leave. Somebody came from out of the hospital and said, your mother uh, just called and she wanted you to know that she just tested negative for COVID-19 and he just hit the concrete, collapsed and got up and ran inside. And another lady was standing next to me. She's a nurse. And she said, I need prayer. And she's, she was crying the whole 30 minutes that, that we were there offering prayer for that whole group of 50 people that were standing in the parking lot. And, and I, I noticed she was crying. I, I knew she was going through something. And then she told me, she said, I just lost my 28 year old son. And to COVID. And she said, this is the best thing that happened to me today was to be here to pray. Even though something happened very tragic, she found something good out of it by coming together to pray. She could have been at home. In fact, I got a feeling she's thinking because she was at work going home, at work going home, she feels guilty. She may be um, tolerant to this virus and she brought it home and he dies. I, I'm very sensitive to that and I wept with her and we prayed but I had to leave her with some hope. I said these words to her. I say, weeping will endure for a night but joy whoopee, comes in the morning. And she just smiled with that mask on. You can see her cheeks going up. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. She said, I know my God's able. And she walked off and went back to work. She's on a roller coaster ride. God's using it, I just got to tell you, to conform us into his image. And that's what's happening to those of us that they will just only let him and not, not uh, despise the chastening of the Lord. Mm but endure it that you might partake of his holiness. That's why he does it. Mm. He disciplines all of us, especially his children. 
because he wants us to partake. He chastens every child that comes before him so that we can partake of his holiness. What what else can we want? Yeah. What, what more can we ask for than to partake of his holiness? Oh, my goodness. Mm. Whoopee! <laughs> no. Uh, that's good. So, Ricky, how would you say, I mean, you're talking about a response the church is having, but you get to work with so many pastors throughout the city yeah. and friends of ours. And how do you see the church responding right now? Man, she's right on task, at least for the most part. I'm, I'm, I'm watching two aspects of this. One is concerned about business as usual to get back to it pretty quickly. That's, I think every pastor wants that. I mean, you got people that depend on you, staff, uh, ministry opportunities, uh, buildings need to be paid. All of that uh, causes us to say, we got to get this over with as soon as possible so we can get back to business as usual. And I think that's one part of it. But the majority of them have been bent into this idea of making life better for others. So I've been hearing of ministries um, moving into uh, uh, ministering to the homeless. I've seen them uh, inspiring their members by way of of um, Zoom or by way of YouTube Live or by way of Facebook Live. Uh, take the gospel to your neighbors next door. Uh, I'm hearing of uh, like Easter, for example, churches were taking Easter baskets with gospel presentations in them and putting them on the front porch of their neighbors and saying, take the DVD that, you know, that DVD we had, uh, uh, some of us took DVDs that we had for the uh, saturation Houston. And we, we got in contact with uh, Pastor Darnell and got hundreds and hundreds of those thousands of those DVDs and passed them out to pastors. And on that Easter sunrise morning, people woke up with baskets with popcorn in it and a DVD saying, enjoy the movie on us. <laughs> it's seizing the moment. You know, Jesus said these kinds of things were going to happen. Pandemics, earthquakes and all of that. He says these are not the signs of the end. These are just opportunities to move toward the end. Uh, when you read it, it's like seize the moment. The, the hopelessness in our community. We we want to we want to seize the moment and, and bring the gospel to people who have no hope and they find Christ as a a means of 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 um, of hope. And I'm I'm finding churches and pastors are calling their congregations to take the gospel to the uttermost parts of the world now. Uh, we th this door has been open for us mm. and, and getting calls to go and pray for the superintendents of schools. I've had pastors telling me uh, 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 people in their community know of their influence or calling and said, can you pray for my people? Can you get on Zoom? And these are people who had uh, major corporations who as believers would have never done that. Mm. But they call their pastors and say, I got my staff here. Will you please pray for us? <laughs> <laughs> so it's encouraging to see that the Lord is pushing us into uh, completing the mission mm. of getting the gospel to every man, woman, boy, and girl so that the end can come, yes. that Jesus can return. He says, I'm not coming back until every man, woman, boy, and girl has had access to hear the gospel at least once. Mm. So I think that's what I've been hearing, been seeing. All of these uh, uh, Go 2020 is going on, conferences, the largest uh, 
uh, a Zoom conference in the world took place recently uh, through Go 2020, talking about taking the gospel to the ends of the earth now. Uh, KSBJ Radio did 24 hours of prayer two times. You know? <laughs> 24 <laughs> hours of prayer. And guess what? Over 1,000 radio stations participated with KSBJ that day that's in amazing. Canada and America. That's the kind of stuff that's going on that's behind the scene that we, we're not uh, aware of. But God's on the move, man. And he's using people that are not just concerned about their buildings, but concerned about the lostness around them. Mm, that's so good. Well, you said seize the moment. So what would you say, and you're hearing the Spirit say to the church right now? Mm. Stop gazing and go to the upper room like he's told you and wait. Uh, I, I really believe the Lord is calling his church uh, back to him. Uh, we've been so busy and so distracted. Uh, Jesus, according to uh, George Otis said this, he said, Jesus is the only bridegroom who's, whose bride doesn't spend any time with him. Mm. Uh, they, they like working for him and taking care of his children. But when he comes home, they won't open the door and let him in. And I think the Lord has just put us in a place of rest that we really needed with our families. And we really, our parishioners need to take a break and spend some time with with the Christ. I think this is this is something that I believe the Lord is doing. That's good. So Ricky, um, as a believer, seeing mm -hmm. what's going on, you know, I think today we're up to what, like forty five thousand deaths. Yeah. Um, you know, where where it looks like today that things were past a peak, and mm -hmm. uh, that you know we don't know for sure, but that's what things are looking like. As a believer, how do we respond to what we're seeing happen around us? I, I think we should um, take note. Take note of the change that has taken place. The nuances that we, we, can, we, can, we can gather. Uh, business, um, uh, medical industry, uh, media, uh, religion, church. Uh, we're doing some things now that we have never done before. And there's some good in it, and we need to sit back and capture it. I was on a staff meeting with KSBJ the other day, and they are, they're asking us to um, answer three questions. Um, how has this pandemic um, changed you? Number two, uh, what can you and I do better because of it? And what new things do we have we gathered from it that we can implement on tomorrow if it was over? I think there's a learning curve for us in any kind of crisis. And this one is something that we've never we've this has never happened to the church except for persecuted communities um, that go through it all the time. And it's 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 but it's an opportunity for us to uh to, to sit down and focus a little bit more clearer. This Zoom thing, <laughs> oh, churches are going, oh, we can implement this, you know, uh, to build more communities, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, for example, on a Wednesday night, I may have 20% of those who come to church on Sunday at my Wednesday meetings. My Wednesday meeting, meetings to now are 100% because people can get online, right? You think I'm going to keep that? You bet. 
just meet on Sunday, but I'll, we'll do Bible study <laughs> over. But no, no, I'm, I'm serious. It's caused us to think about, you know, some of the things that, that we've made changes with, like homeschooling and all of that. Spending more time with our kids. Not just depending upon the school to take care of our kids. It, it is challenging, but we should learn something from it. Our kids will probably say, please go back to work. <laughs> but uh, but we're learning how to be family. We're learning how to do with less. We're learning how to see that life is not always full with a lot of stuff. That it can be full with very little. Mm. And I think America, the American church in particular, in America, period, uh, I'm one of them. Uh, we need to discover that God can do just as much with two fish and five loaves than he can, you know, with 5,000 loaves of bread and 5,000 fish to feed everybody. Yeah. So, you know, you said something really, I think, that I've been hearing a lot through some of these interviews that was powerful. You said that uh, the rest, right? Right. Things have Business. changed. Yeah. I mean, yeah. things have changed. But you said something that I have not heard yet. Capture mm. it. Yeah. How do we capture that? Right. You know, I even think uh, for a lot of uh, people, I have kids, you know, I have four kids from the ages of 20 to 7 that are in my household. Mm. I have mm. my wife works um, full-time ministry as well as serving a couple of different city initiatives, a <laughs> national initiative, and have connections to our international family that we travel to see, right? Like right. most people, life is crazy. Yeah, busy. And I think that I've been talking to other people that are walking what we've been walking through, and we're like, man, you know, it's hard to get face-to-face -face on Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night with our families, like right. church family, international mm -hmm. family. Mm -hmm. And literally, I've been casting this vision of, is there a new way to meet? And so Sean and I have been doing online courses and, you know, I don't right. have an hour travel somewhere. In Houston, it takes us an hour to get everywhere, right? Oh, it takes me an hour and a half just to get to work to KSBJ. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> and yeah. so as we walk through this, there is something God is doing that I hope and pray that as a church body, we don't take the old and right. just try and go back to it. The thing that the Lord spoke to me uh, before all this happened is he kept saying there's a new wineskin. You know, I, that's right. not a new word. It's, it's, no. it's biblical. It's been a word for a long time. Mm -hmm. But when this happened, the Lord said, I'm giving mm. a new wine right. for the new wineskin. Yes, sir. And I think that, wine, that wine's coming, man. Mm. We, we, we got to have a new wineskin for it. We can't have the old stuff. It would it, it it would swell and bust. Yeah, yeah. But he's he's creating a new wineskin. And when you talk to pastors, uh, as myself, a, a pastor, I, I'm watching a new wineskin being shaped. And I'm glad you brought that analogy. I've never thought of it that way. But um, he's you know you know the the the, the illustration there is that you take the old wineskin and you turn it inside out so that the skin on the inside that is cracking and going on or is kind of out of shape can't it cannot hold that wine in it because it's swelling and it's it's not swelling anymore it's, it's the wine needs to swell bacteria and all that needs to get in it so it can ferment that kind of thing so i've been told that what the wine skin um 
what they do with the wineskin is that they take it from the inside out mm. and then they put it into the sun and let the sun bake it. And then when they take it off the fence or whatever they put it on, they take a knife and scrape off all the old stuff to get to the core of the leather in the wineskin. And then they take all that crust, all that old stuff, stuff that they can't use, all that crud that the sun baked. The pandemic bakes it. Mm. Trices bakes it. Mm. And now when the crisis is over, we got to scrape off all the old and then the new wine can be poured into it. And so pandemics are, are, if you will, crises are tools in the master's hand in getting some old stuff away so that the wineskin can host the new wine that he's about to pour. That's why I believe we're about headed. We're headed to, to a great revival. We're about to see spiritual awakening like we've never seen before. If we will let him go ahead and, 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 and bake us a little bit. Yeah. Put us in the sun. Let the sun get that old that, the bad stuff. Get it hard where you could take a knife and just scrape it off. But the sad part about it is, is a lot of us want to keep on keep the old and not yeah. let it go. Yeah. And that will just bust the bag. It wouldn't last very long. Yeah, that's so good. So, yeah, Pastor Ricky, do this for me. So mm-hmm. Just take three minutes, four minutes. Speak into the hearts of believers right now. Okay. Well, beloved, that's a good one. Because I love to speak to believers. I do that as a gift. I want to say, um, as a believer, my hope is not in yesterday, but in my tomorrow. That's what hope is. And I know that my hope is assured. I was listening to a friend of mine the other day that really inspired me and a lot of people that were going through this crisis that of, of, uh, of belief as it relates to the pandemic. And he said that the Lord told him that um, he's the, uh, what does it say in Psalms 91? It's, it says, the hide under the shadow of the Almighty. Yes. Uh, it's like an insurance policy. Mm. Uh, he'll take care of you. Just, just, just hide under the shadow. And I want to, I want to encourage you to hide under the shadow of the Almighty. Get under His covering. Just get under it now, because that's probably why the pandemic has come, so that they can run you back under the covering. You've been out all by yourself. You've been out on your own. You've been so busy, so distracted that uh, God has said, okay, I want you to come back under the shadow of the Almighty. And and it's like, it's like a mother duckling. You know, Jesus says, oh, Jerusalem, oh, Jerusalem, how I wish to gather you as a mother hen gathers her chicks. I think that's what it means to be under the shadow of the Almighty. He wanted to cover Jerusalem, wanted to come back in. It's like, I don't know if you've ever seen a biddy. You know what a biddy is? No. A biddy a bitty is a little bird, little baby bird. That's a biddy. Now, you country folks know what I'm talking about, country bumpkins out there. That's, that, that's a biddy, right? And every now and then you'll get a biddy that will go astray. 
And what happens there is that the mother hen takes her wing and she brings it up and she brings it back under the shadow of the almighty. Let me tell you why. There's a hawk flying overhead that if he sees that little bitty, he'll go for that before he goes for the mother hen because it's easy prey. So what she has to do is stretch her wings and bring that baby back in and hide it under the shadow. Yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you can fear no evil. And I want to encourage you, beloved, to get back under the shadow. You've been out there doing your own thing. Yeah, you've been going to church, but then on Monday you're doing your own thing. But now the Lord is saying, I got to bring all my little beaties. Oh, how I wish to gather Jerusalem. How I wish to gather my church in Houston. How I wish to gather my church in the United States. How I wish to gather my church in China. He that, That's his wish for you and me, is that we would hide under the shadow of the Almighty. And sometimes he has to do it for us. He wants it so bad. <laughs> He has to stretch his wings. Can you see him? Stretching those wings. Get on over here. Come on. And so during this time of crisis in our lives, I want to encourage you to hide under the shadow of the Almighty. Take his protection and know that he wants you to come more than you are willing to come. And his wings are wide open for you to cover you. Not only from the shadow of darkness, from evil, but also from the evil within your own heart. Mm. He's ready to protect, protect you and cover you. Mm. Can, I, can I pray for you right now? All right, let's do that. Father, I want to thank you for my friends who have taken the, the, the time to uh, listen to this blog or watch this video. I pray, Father, that as pastors, that we will allow the Lord to create a wingspan wide enough to cover the body of Christ by inviting others to come and pray and kneel at the altar of the Most High. I pray, Father, that many would return to you that you might return to them. I pray, Father, that we will humble ourselves and cry out to you and seek your face and turn from our wicked ways so that you would hear and you would heal and you would forgive and brings complete transformation to all who hide under the almighty. I pray this in Jesus mighty name. Amen. And amen. 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 Thanks Ricky. All right. Now You're quite see. welcome brother. One more thing. All right. Okay. One more. All right. So I, I uh, this is specifically not going to go in the blog. This is going to be uh uh, specifically to pastors, ministry leaders, I'm putting together some clips to send out to a network of those pastors to pass on. Okay. Would you do the same thing, but just take a few minutes to speak into pastors and ministry leaders' hearts? Okay. Well, pastor, um, Pastors, I know you are concerned about getting back to business as usual, and I, I am very concerned about when we're going to be able to get back to church and 
uh, should I say, the facility so we can start doing facility ministry. And and I'm praying for you that I know your attention. Many of you got much more of a of a of a debt and budget and uh, responsibility with people than, than I have. And I, I I'm the least to be speaking about what I'm about to say to you. I've had the opportunity to work with community leaders such as the YMCA and start churches there. And that's where I'm having church and they don't charge me a dime. I've been there for the last 10 years and they tell me, if you leave, Ricky, we're going to come and get you because you guys provide a wonderful service. So I'm, I'm, I'm saying this because I, I may not be where you are knowing I got to pay for facilities, got to keep all that going and, and small business loans are not coming to me as fast as I wish they could. But I want you to know something. You hold a key to something greater than a key to a building. You hold the keys of the kingdom and that if you would stick it into the kingdom's door and open it up, Jesus said, I will come in. I don't know if you remember uh, in Revelations chapter two and chapter three, it, it, it's, it's a letter um, written by uh, John the apostle from the Isle of Patmos. Yes, the book of Revelations. And he's writing to these seven churches. And five of them were sort of living in disobedience. And two of them were like the brotherly love church. You know, that was the church of Philadelphia. And and then, you know, the church that was being persecuted and they were being faithful in that midst of that persecution. But the other five, such as Ephesus and Laodicea, I call them the bookends of the seven. They were pretty hard-headed. And he said, I want you to write to the angel of the church. And I want you to say this to the messenger of the church. You know who that is, Pastor? That's me and you. I really believe he was writing to the messengers of the church. It's specific. He didn't say, I want you to write to the church of Ephesus. He says, I want you to write to the messengers are the messenger. Uh, the interpretation there is angel of the church. <laughs> that letter was written to me. Listen to what it says. I appreciate what you're doing for me. I appreciate your seminaries that you are keeping false apostles out of my church. I really appreciate that. I don't like them being in my church either. I appreciate that, and I want to thank you for that. But I got this one thing against you. Who is he talking to? <laughs> He's talking to the angel, me. He's saying, I got this one thing against you. I appreciate everything you're doing for me. But you have left your first love. And he encourages us to do that which we did at first. And to remember the height from which we've fallen and repent, return to him. And he offers this word of encouragement to the church in Ephesus. He says, if you would do this, I would allow you to eat from the tree in paradise. That means a leaf will fall from the tree in paradise for the healing of our land. And that other big bookend church. He says, I'm writing to the angel of the church in, in Laodicea. 
He said, you think you're rich, but you're poor. You think you're clothed, but you're naked. And he invites the messenger to buy wine from him. Buy gold from him. Very expensive gold. And that gold is the gold of repentance. Calling the church to repentance is a gold. It's a, it's a kingdom economy that opens up the heavens like nothing else. And then he tells the church in Laodicea, this pastor, he says, I'm knocking at the door. That's, the, that's chapter 3, verse 20. Typically, we use it to, to lost people. God's knocking at the door of your heart. <laughs> no, he's knocking at the door of the church. The church's heart. He says, I'm knocking, but nobody is opening. But he says, if you would just open with the keys I've given you, I will come in and dine with you and you will dine with me and the throne that my father let me sit on, I will bring it to your church and let you sit in it and great revival and spiritual awakening will take place because of the intimacy between the bride and the groom. But first, the angel has to open the door to let him in. And I want to encourage you, open the door, let him in. He's ready to revive his church. And only you can do that. You're responsible. You're the gatekeeper. You're the one with the keys that he's given to for his people. Open the door. Let him in at the altar. And he says, I'll dine with you. And you will dine with me. Man, you know what kind of dinner that is? That's better than Jack in the Box. That's, I'm talking about a, I'm talking about a, 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 a dining that, that would change our appetite for him more and more and more Jesus, man. That's what you want for your people, right? Well, you got to open the door. You got to let him in and watch him show up and show out with his bride. Praying for you, pastor. Pray for me that I will do the same in Jesus' name. God bless you.